The Lord bless you and keep you. Today, as the voice of the man crying in the wilderness on your behalf, I have come with a word from the Lord, and your life will not be the same. Every man needs another man who cries in the wilderness on your behalf. I am that man in your life, and I believe beyond any shadow of doubt that as I bring to you the mind of God, you will receive a revelation that will bring elevation into your life. If you believe your amen should be better than that. In the rest of the Sundays of May, we are doing spiritual warfare. So I'll be speaking on very unusual topics and we'll be launching into prayer. But today is the foundation of what all the topics we are going to pray about. So catch the service, catch the understanding today, catch the revelation today, and your life will not be the same. Before I move into the spirit and begin to preach, let me celebrate all the women here. Hallelujah. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. All the men, can you clap very loud for the women? Can you clap and clap louder and louder and louder and louder for the women? In appreciation, in appreciation of the role of women in this church, the mothers in this church, in appreciation of your commitment and your role in raising our children, godly children, I want to invite all of you, listen carefully, all of you tomorrow evening, 6 p.m., to chicken chewing. So, in other words, I'm hosting the women to small chops dinner at Christ Square. We have a new restaurant at Christ Square, and I'll be doing chicken chewing with you. Chicken chewing means I'll come with chicken, and then I'll come with salad. At, what did I say? Oh, ABS, ABS, Accra Business School. So there's a new restaurant there. So, um, so chicken chewing, salivating sal salad, etc., etc. So all the women, please be around. I'll be there to anoint all of you too. I'll be there to anoint you, not for you, but for your children. I'm going to speak that your children will be mighty upon the earth. And it shall come to pass. And it shall come to pass. And shall come to pass. So I look forward to meeting all of you tomorrow evening. To what? Chicken. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's pray. Oyankupo. Wayade kese. Ama dasama. Enti. Ade Oyankupo. Waya de kese Amada sama Inti sorry yina ye Oya kopa Waya de kese Amada sama Inti sorry yina
this morning move in your own special way touch the lives of people bring victory to people that feel defeated and bring success to those that feel failed and bring um, healing to those that feel sick and and bring turn around to those that feel that their lives have come to a standstill do something new today Lord do something new today Lord let someone live here with a miracle let someone live here with a testimony let someone live here with something that will change their lives forever spirit of the living god 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 help us lord help us today let us be armed to the teeth and let us be source men in jesus name amen take your seat i want to welcome my daughter from Beni. Prophetess Giselle. Um, welcome to Ghana. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Um, um, welcome in French is Bon Arrivé. Eh? Bon Arrivé. Bon Arrivé. Yeah, yeah. At least I remember my basic French. Okay, powerful, powerful. L listen, this morning. I want to speak to you on a subject, the sword man. But under this sword man conference, I am speaking in part one on the subject, how to handle the sword of the spirit. 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 Everybody say, how to handle the sword of the spirit can you say it well how to handle the sword of the spirit how to handle the sword of the spirit how to handle the sword of the spirit say the last time but loudly and strongly how to handle the sword of the spirit tell your neighbor the man of god the set man in your life, the prophetic voice over your life, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness on your behalf is about to teach you how to handle the sword of the spirit. Say, after this service, you will never be defeated again. After this service, you will win, you will succeed, you will break through in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. So quickly, our introductory scriptures. I'm going to read two scriptures uh, quickly and I want you to follow. Um, you might not see everything because we still have a little problem with our screen, but I still ask them to put it on. So write this down. First Chronicles 25 and the verse 5. Now David had asked um, the, commander in chief, the, the, the commander of his army to count the fighting men god was not pleased and god punished david actually for counting the fighting men but despite that uh, that there is a very important a very important lessons 
to be learned from, from this scripture. And I want to quickly read it. So Joab, who was the commander, reported the number of the fighting men to David. In all, in all, in all, Israel, in all Israel, there were one million, one hundred thousand men who could handle a sword, including 470,000 in Judah. So there were over one million men, almost, almost 1.5 million men. In fact, if you read further in the scriptures, even some of them, Joab didn't report because he wasn't happy that David was counting the fighting men. They were the lost army and David was not supposed to count them. And now, now listen, over, over 1.5 million men who were with David were men who could handle the sword. The reason why David never lost a battle was because he was surrounded by 150, 1.5 million men who could handle the sword. But amongst them were 30 men who were even mightier than David. One of them fought with hundreds of people with one sword. By the time he finished fighting, his hand has frozen into the sword. That was how mighty these guys were. And they were good in using the sword. I pray that you will be surrounded with men who know how to use the sword. You better respond better. I said, I pray that you'll be surrounded with men who know how to use the sword. Because in the case of Samuel, the reason why Samuel's kingdom... The, um, Saul's kingdom, the case of Saul, and the reason why Saul's kingdom did not last is this: First Samuel thirteen and the verse twenty-two. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. You see why David was a man after God's own heart. David knew. How to, how to win battles and to take territories and to overcome. And so he trained and built up 1.5 million men who could handle the sword. But Saul did not have men who could handle the sword. Now, next week, I will tell you why. Because next week, I'll be talking to you on the subject, the blacksmith and the sword. The blacksmith and the sword. But what I want to establish here today is that if we're man, you were a woman here, and you are not surrounded by people who know how to handle the sword, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. If you are not surrounded by Saul's men, but you are surrounded by, by Saul's men, people who are angry, bitter, gossipers, uh, rebellious people, people who say everything except prayer, who can talk on everything, their mouth can talk about everything, Except to use the man to the mouth to pray. Today I pray for you. May God surround you with soul men, source men who can wage battles on your behalf. If your husband is a sword man, you are a blessed woman. If your wife is a sword woman, you are a blessed man. If your children are source men and women, you are blessed. That is why you must intentionally raise people who can handle the sword around you. Are you here with me? Yes. 
it, it is important for you to understand that, that you need people who are armed for battle around you. And I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you why. Why it is very important. It is very important to have people who are in the spirit, who know how to handle the sword of the spirit around you. Men and women who are armed around you. If you know that thing, you will go very far. Don't come into a church and surround yourself with people who are not serious with the Lord. You are not in church to become unserious. You are in church to become serious and to serve the Lord. If, the, if your closest friend in church is not a sword man or a sword woman, you are in trouble. If your husband is not a sword man, you are in trouble. If your wife is not a sword woman, you are in trouble. If you don't raise your children to become sword men and sword women, you are in trouble. Every single day in your life, there must be a voice of prayer in your house. God must hear at least one person has lifted up a voice of prayer in your house. Every single day in your life, somebody must pray for you or you must be praying for someone. It is the secret of the success of many people. I've been watching the 40th anniversary of Bishop Oyedipo's uh, ministry. That could only have been achieved by prayer. Men and women who are source men around him. The men and women who came to share testimony of the impact of the ministry of Oyedipo on their lives were men and women who were with him. Some were protocol officers, some were, were, were guitarists, some were art instrumentalists. Today, God has exalted them because they were not around the man of God as saw men, but sword men. A sword man is someone who is in church, who is bitter, who is petty, complaining about everything. You are not in church to complain. You are not in church. You are here for warfare. And I'll show you something very soon. That church is a warfare place. You come to wage battles. Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to tell you something, my friends. Peter was once talking to Jesus. Jesus turned around and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Because even in talking, you can engage in spiritual warfare. So at the time Peter was talking, it was Satan that was fighting Jesus. And that those words Peter was speaking, they were weapons against the destiny of Jesus. Jesus as a spiritual man understood it. And turned immediately and said, Get him behind me, Satan. Satan was not there physically, but Satan was speaking through Peter. We are engaged in spiritual warfare, and the devil, until you enter into the realms of the spirit, until you are spiritual, the devil will use people around you to fight you, destroy your marriage, and bring your life down without you knowing. Satan will plant evil people. 
evil people around you and you will not know. Even some of the good men and women around you, Satan can enter into them. Judas betrayed Jesus because Satan entered into him. Now, everything around you, every battle you are waging, financial battles, marital battles, health battles, have a spiritual source. Jesus, in most cases, when healing the sick, will rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Because Jesus knew that sicknesses are caused by spirits. Your doctor will tell you the biological reason why you are sick. But Jesus was not prescribing biological reasons for sickness. He would rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Diabetes is the name of a demon. Cancer is the name of a demon. High blood pressure is the name of a demon. There are spirits behind these sicknesses. And if you underestimate the devil's intention to fight you by any means, your life will be destroyed. Are, are you here with me? Daniel prayed. And on the very day he prayed, God answered his prayer. But it took 21 days. So it was not Daniel's intention to fast for 21 days. If the same day he prayed, the angel of the Lord had come, he would have stopped fasting. But he had to continue to pray for 21 days. Because a prince of Persia, that is a demon, had blocked the angel that was bringing the answer. Some of the things you don't see manifest in your life. Because there's a spiritual warfare in the realms of the spirit against you. There is someone blocking the angel bringing your husband. There is something, there's a spirit blocking the angel. There is a demon blocking the angel bringing your contract. There is a demon blocking the angel bringing your healing. There is a demon blocking the angel bringing your, your financial prosperity. There is a demon blocking the angel that God has sent to release, to release your promotion, to release your testimony. There is a, there is a demon that is blocking that angel. That angel couldn't fight. They had to release another angel, the angel, the archangel Michael, to come and break through. When the angel came to Michael, he came to Daniel, he said to Daniel, from the very first day you prayed, the Lord sent me to deliver this. But the prince of Persia prevented me for 21 days. Today when you pray, any prince of Persia, any prince of Persia preventing your manifestation, preventing the manifestation of, the, of your prayers, may God, may God send a superior angel to battle them and to fight them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So don't joke with things that are going wrong around you. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Don't blame human beings for what is going on around you. Whatever is happening around you has a spiritual source. Whoever Satan is using is not a person you should fight. If you fight the person physically, you will lose the battle spiritually. And if you lose spiritually, you will never win physically. Your wife is provoking you. Don't fight her physically. 
fight the spirit in the house where she comes from that does not want women to get married. Fight the spirit from the house where she comes from that makes women arrogant, proud, and insolent. Fight that spirit. Not your wife. The woman loves you. She's trying. She's trying to really love you. She's trying to submit to you. Her problem is that she herself is waging spiritual warfare that she doesn't know she's waging. That husband that is troubling you, the one that is drinking, the one that is sniffing cocaine, the one that is fighting you for coming to church, the one that is fighting your mother and your father, don't fight that husband physically. The man cheating on you, don't fight that man physically. Because if you do, you will lose. That licentious spirit that is making that man cheat on you is a spirit. If you don't fight it on your knees, if you don't go into spiritual warfare, you will lose that battle. You will lose it. You will lose it. You will lose it. You will lose it. You will lose it if you try to pursue flesh and blood. Jesus did not fight Peter. He did not rebuke Peter. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He was speaking to the spirit behind what Peter said. Am I speaking to someone here? Am I preaching to someone here? One time there was a storm. When Jesus was called into the scene, he was asleep. When he woke up, what did he do? He rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind because behind every storm is a wind. Before he said, peace be still, before he spoke to the storm, he dealt with the spirit behind the storm. Are you here? Sister, you have a husband, but another man is attracting you. It's a spirit. You must deal with it. You are never satisfied by who your husband is. You see other men and you feel they are better than your husband. It's a spirit. You will leave that marriage and you realize that you have lost a good man. It is when you have gotten out of that marriage that you will see some good thing in the man that you called bad. There is, there's also a woman in your life. Your, your, your wife is the best woman that has ever been created for you. She is the only woman that will bring you the happiness you are looking for. Yet, yet, she is the one you think is causing you pain. She is the one you think is creating problems for you. You get out and try another woman. You will always make reference to her. If I, had I known, I should have left my earlier wife, my first wife. Deal with the things from the realms of the spirit. We walk in the spirit as Christians, not in the flesh. When you come to the flesh, when you come to the flesh, you will lose. The eagle, when the eagle wants to fight the snake, the eagle knows that the snake is powerful on land. And the snake can kill the eagle on land. So the eagle will take the snake into the air. Because in the air, the snake cannot fight. The snake cannot move. So the eagle will take the snake to where he, the eagle can win the battle. Please, you cannot win the battle in the realms of the physical. Take it to the spirit. 
Carry the battle to the spirit. Move the battle to the spirit. Carry the battle to the spirit. Move the battle to the spirit. Carry it to the spirit. Move it to the spirit. Don't wage it physically. Don't wage it physically. Don't wage it physically. Because if you try to fight physical as a Christian, you will lose. No, no. Sometimes, eh? See, when you are not sensitive in the spirit, the devil plays with you. When you are not sensitive in the spirit, the devil just plays with you. You sit down and look at your family. Look at everybody in the family. And you see a trend. You see a trend. But you are blaming your wife for a trend that exists in your family. You are blaming your wife and you are concluding that we the men in this family, we don't get good women to marry. So all of you are good men. <laughs> and all the women who come to marry you are bad women. No, 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 no. There is something wrong somewhere. You have to change the gears. You have to move the realms of the spirit. You have to change the gears. The Bible says that no, no man after the flesh. No, no man after the flesh. Brother, if I know you after the flesh, I will fail. I have to know you after the spirit. When you come to my office, I weigh you in the realms of the spirit to get to know who you are. The real you is in the spirit. The real you is in the spirit. Weigh no man, no no man after the flesh. Every man must be known after the spirit. If you don't know me after the spirit, you will, if you deal with me, if you deal with me in the realms of the physical, you will never benefit from the oil on my head. You have to understand what a pastor means in the realms of the spirit. He's the shepherd of your soul. <laughs> Are you here? So I always say to people, eh, you insult your own intelligence if you can trust your pastor with your soul, but you cannot trust him with your money. It's an, it's an insult to your own intelligence because your soul is more important than your money. A man you can trust, you kneel down, the man lays his hands upon you and prays for you. That man, you cannot trust him with your money. That there's something wrong with your thinking. This morning, in the realms of the spirit, I travel into your father's house. That demon, that demon, that is fighting the entire house and is fighting you. This morning, I travel there with the sword of the spirit. With the sword of the spirit, I bring that demon down. 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 Any altar, any altar, through which the demons operate, I bring them down in the name of Jesus. I speak against those demons and I command them down. I bring them down in the name of Jesus. Any altar sitting on your marriage, any altar sitting on your marriage, any altar preventing the men from coming to you right now in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of God pursue them. Let the sword of the Spirit of God pursue them. Let the sword of the Spirit of God pursue them. Let the sword of the Spirit of God pursue them. In the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, shall scatter Sit down one minute. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. The Bible says that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power 
to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. So, you see, you see, if we use physical weapons, you don't win. We have a spiritual weapon that have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, do you know why in this country, in this country, in this country, anybody that has, wants to be a, a president has to pretend to be a Christian? Oh, in an election year, politicians go to church like something. Because they know the divine power the church has. But we don't know. We the Christian, we don't even know how powerful we are. In this country, we can determine who becomes a Christian. Who becomes a president. I'm telling you. The whole of the charismatic churches and the Pentecostal churches, even if we put Lighthouse and Pentecost together, they can determine who becomes a Christian. Who becomes the president of this country. We have divine power. We control. And politicians, they know. They know it. They know the divine power we have. If a whole nation, if a whole nation acknowledges your divine power, how much more a small demon in your father's house? But you are not waging the battle well. You are not applying the weapons God has given you well. You are fighting them physically. I am going to approach this woman. I am going to say this to my boss. You will fail if you take the battle physically. You must deal with this spiritually. You must go on your knees and overcome. In spiritual warfare, if you know how to use your weapons, you don't lose. You don't lose. You don't lose. Your struggles are as a result of your inability to wage strategic spiritual warfare. Applying the appropriate weapons under every condition. Are you here with me? But this month, as we wage battles and we pray in the realms of the Spirit every Sunday, may God give some of you a very impossible victory. Victories that people say it is impossible. May you have it. May you have a victory. That people say it is impossible. That people have written you off. May you have that victory. May you have that victory. May you have that victory. And as I speak as the voice of the one crying on your behalf in the wilderness, may that manifest in your life. May it manifest in your life. May this manifest in your life. In the name of Jesus. 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 Sit down one minute. Our theme is how to handle the sword of the spirit. And I'll show you how to do it. It is the most potent weapon. It is the most potent weapon. If, if, if we know how to handle the sword of the spirit, there is no battle we will lose. If we, we know how to handle it, there is no battle we will lose. <laughs> My God. Years ago, whilst I was in Bible school, a revival started in China. People were getting born again. There was one church where every day there were hundreds of people who were giving their lives to Jesus. 
And we had missionary teams and we were praying for different days. So we met as a group to, and we discovered that there were, there were some women who for 15 years, for 15 years, prayed for the salvation of China. And God has heard them. Today, the fastest growing churches, some of the fastest growing churches are in China. Even though they are meeting underground, they are still growing. They are strong. They are powerful. They are still growing. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availed much. But how does your prayer become effectual and fervent? I want to show you something. The sword, how to handle the sword of the spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 17. So what is the sword of the spirit? The Bible says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you see, as I'm, speak, I'm preaching now, and I'm speaking God's word, it is coming out of my mouth as a sword. It is coming out of my mouth as a sword. And it's attacking demons and forces that are coming after you. When you go into prayer and you can quote God's word, and you can quote God's word, and you can quote God's word, and you can quote God's word. Satan tempted Jesus three times. Jesus quoted God's word three times, and Satan gave up. He gave up. If you can say it is written, if you can say it is written, if God is bound by his word, how much more Satan? When you quote God's word back to God, he has nothing to do than to say yes, sir. He will, he will listen to you and he will answer you. If you quote the word correctly, if you don't twist it to see your twisted thinking and lifestyle, but you quote it correctly, it is the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, not the unrighteous man. And the righteous man, when he takes God's word, he quotes it correctly and applies the word correctly. Are you here? And, and if you know how to do that, if you know and understand how to do that, God is bound by his word. Whatever you quote back to God and you remind him of that, he answers you. How much more Satan? What Satan is afraid of is not your complaint. What Satan is afraid of is not your tears. What Satan is afraid of is not your memory. What Satan is afraid of is the word that you are quoting in prayer. Are you here? When you quote. So let me tell you why the most difficult thing to do in your Christian life is to study God's word. Do you know why you can pray more than you study? Because when you pray without the word of God, it is like having a gun without a bullet. It's like having a gun without a bullet. So Satan encourages you to pray more without studying God's word. But you are supposed to pray according to his will. And his will is the word. 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 If you don't love the word and you don't study the word, no matter how long you pray, you become ineffective. You cannot quote back your problems to God. When you are praying, you don't tell God your problems. You quote scriptures, 
he himself had promised regarding that problem. You cannot say, Lord, heal me from this disease. He will not listen to you. But if you can say, Lord, your word says by your stripes I am healed, he will listen to you. Cut it back to him. That is what it becomes a sword. The word of God written on paper and ink is not with, um, by ink, it's not the sword. It is the word of God in your spirit that you draw, you draw out. If the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters, he's talking about the word of God. Are you here? He's talking about the word of God. Today, if there's one scripture that you can quote during the time of prayer, God will answer. Amen. If there's one scripture that is registered in your spirit that you can quote back to God, that you can speak and quote it back to God, that you can raise your voice and say, Lord, this is what your word says about this situation, about this problem. The Lord will answer. And he will answer by fire. I said, you correct this scripture for me. The, 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 listen. Oh, Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12. Now Hebrews 4.12. Listen to what the Bible says. Hebrews. Hebrews 4.12. We are correct? Hebrews 4.12. Now here. For the word of God is alive and active. Here. Here, please. Underline the word act, alive and active. For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any two any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Can I explain something to you? See, the word of God is a double-edged sword. In the Bible days, there were different types of swords. There were some swords that the only place that is sharp is at the tip. So you can only fight like this. If the enemy comes from the sides, you cannot because the sides are not this thing. Now, there was also some swords that were only single edge. Single edge sharpening. So you can only cut either to the right or to the left. You can't cut both. But the double edge sword, both sides are sharpened to the tip. And you can wage battles left, right, front, and turn around and works. And about that's how the word of God is. The Bible says it's so sharp. That it can divide the soul and the spirit. It can divide the soul and the spirit. It's so sharp, it can divide the soul and the spirit. Mm. It's a serious thing. But it has to be alive and active before it can become two edged sword. Can I read again? For the word of God is alive and active. If it is not alive in you and it is not active in you, it cannot be a two edged sword. Are you here with me? If the word of God is not alive and is not active in you, it cannot be a two-edged sword. It cannot be a double-edged sword. Are you here with me? Shake yourself and say, come on. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Let the word of God be alive and active in you. You see how, how we say praise the Lord and you cannot respond. It tells how dead the word of God is in you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, let me say praise the Lord. Say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The word is breaking up, but not like this. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The word of God, when it is active in you and alive in you, everything around you becomes active and alive. Your marriage becomes active and alive. Your finances become active and alive. Your children become active and alive. Everything around you, you become active and alive. Active and alive. Active and alive. That is where you see Kenneth Copeland is over 80 years, getting to 90 years. He's still preaching. And he's not bending over. The last time I was telling his congregation, he said, I'm still standing strong. I'm not bending down. Because the word of God is active in him and alive. When you see that man teaching the word of God, Papa Deboye is almost 80. 75. 79. And the man is preaching everywhere. You are just 45. Today, my waist, my leg, my heart, my eyes, my esophagus, my diaphragm, my intestine, my, my, my liver, my kidney. You are always going to hospital in and out, in and out. With the word of God is active in you and alive in you. No sickness can enter that body. Hi! No sickness can enter that body. No sickness can enter that body. If the word of God is alive and active in you, nothing, 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 nothing. Ha 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 ha. The word of God must be active in you. By the age of 90, I'll still be preaching. And I'll be preaching the same way. I'll be preaching the same way. Because the word of God is active and alive in me. The word of God is active and alive in me. When I'm preaching God's word, you're on Facebook. You're on WhatsApp. You are doing other things. Oh, the word of God is not active in you. Are, are you here? It's not active in you. Can I, can I show you something? Now, you, 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 know, you know that, you know, there's something called antibodies. You know, you know the coronavirus, the corona um, vaccine we are taking. Dog, you are here. It is the coronavirus that they have weakened, made it weak. And then they will introduce it into our body. So I have taken one. I'm going to glue for the second one. So they will introduce it into your body. Once, okay, you are also here. You are a scientist. You are a pharmacist. So you... So once they, they introduce into your body, there are antibodies in your body that fight sickness. God has made it that way to fight the sickness. They are activated. And once they are activated, now anytime the coronavirus is coming, they are weakened. They are alive and active. The antibodies are alive and active against coronavirus. So it's not like, it's not like the coronavirus will not come. It will still come. But because the antibodies are alive and active, it cannot have effect on you. That's how the word of God is. When you are immunized by God's word, and the word of God is the inside of you, the problems will come all right, but it will not have effect on you. They will come all right. They will throw the sickness against you, but it will not have effect on you. They will throw things against you, but it will never have effect on you. Somebody shout the word!
You need it. You need the word. You need the word. It must be active in you. It must be alive in you. And I'm going to show you how. I'm going to show you how the word of God can be active and alive in you. Now, how to handle the soul of the spirit. Now, you'll be surprised. Eh? You'll be surprised, my friends. That in the armor of the believer, the, what is called the full armor of God, the sword of the spirit is the last to be mentioned. It's the last you take after dressing. It's the last you take. It's the last you take. In other words, to be able to use God's word and handle the sword effectively, some things must precede. If these things I'm going to share with you do not precede the taking of God's word. Ah. No matter how you, you see it. Kind of, you, see, you see why certain people eh, sit down and call pastors dubious people. These people, they play with the minds of the people. They don't understand our victories. They don't understand how ordinary men, and most of the people God have chosen to use are very ordinary people though. They don't understand why I came to this area, a poor man, a squatter, and suddenly, this is who I have become. They can't understand it. The only conclusion they must draw is that this man is by now using something. Or he's cheating the people and collecting their money. That's the conclusion. Bishop Wade Poor alone has three universities, eh? and all of them are top universities. Go to Nigeria right now and see. They are building church facilities that are over 100,000. Is it deeper life of four square that is building 160,000? The camp place of redeem that takes millions of people. If we are accepting Christ Jesus, they have to drive you with a bus to the front. Yeah, yeah, they drive you with the bus to the people. What the church, what we do, even governments cannot do. What we do, even governments cannot do. If we like take all the mission schools from Ghana, there will not be schools left. There will not be schools left to train our people. Take all the mission hospitals from Ghana, and you will see. If you count the missions hospital, all these things politicians are saying there, they built this hospital, then we did this, you will see that they have done nothing. They have done nothing. You will see that they have done nothing. If we know how to use our weapons, you become influential. My whole family from my father's side, my mother's side, are all revolving around me. I have changed the family. I have changed the family. Because I know how to use my weapons. It's a disgrace for you to be a Christian in the family and your effect is not felt. Your effect is not felt. Nobody feels that there is somebody who is born again in the family. Our problems are the same. Our troubles are the same. Nobody feels that there is somebody who is born again in this family. If you go to mommy's family or my family, they will testify about the impact of us being born again. The impact of us being born again. I will show you how. I will show you how. How to handle. It is about how to handle the sword of the spirit. Are you ready? Can I show you? I'll show you. Then we pray before we leave. I'll show you. Today, 
was actually going to speak on something else. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. You know how I deal with you. Other pastors will go and shout and nobody will understand anything. But I need you to teach this. Establish the foundation. From next week, you can share exhortation and then the, the people can pray on it. He said, will you go from next week, you can share the exhortation and the people can pray with it. But lay the foundation. Because no matter what I tell you, like I can come here this morning and just give you one scripture and say, let's pray and let's pray. Some people's own will be answered. Others' own will not be answered. Because you do not know how to use the sword of the spirit. Now, understand that, that in the Bible days, sword was the main weapon for warfare. And that's why the Bible talks a lot about it. Now, now, Paul, trying to help the Christians of his time to understand spiritual warfare, decided to use the way the Roman soldiers used to dress at the time to actually explain to them how the Christian should dress up. Okay, okay. How the Christian should dress up. So it doesn't sound well. Can you hear me? Loud and clear? Okay, I cannot hear myself well. So if you can do something for me. Now, now. Ephesians 6. Reading from the verse 13 to 17. Okay. Okay, it's here. Therefore, put on. This is a good sound. Therefore, you, you are here, therefore. Is it therefore? Okay, once you can hear, therefore. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. You see? So, so listen. You, this is about the full armor of God. Now, I want to show you how you should dress, how you should enter into spiritual warfare. Because if you don't know these things, eh, brother, you will pray, sir, no answer. You will fight, sir, no victory. Why you should use one day to conquer? One year, you are still trying to conquer it. Why you should use one year to conquer? Ten years, you are still dealing with that same problem. <laughs> Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, see, see God will not stop the, stop the day of evil to come. After the day of evil, it will come. But then, you must put on, you must prepare you must be protected against the day of evil. Hmm. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. You may be able to stand your ground. If you go into a warfare and you fall down, <laughs> you are finished. In boxing, when they kick you down, you lose your confidence. When the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. Do you know how many evil days, Mommy and I, we have confronted, we have fought, and we are still standing. We are still standing. We are still standing. We are still standing. I have been born again for over 30 years. Consistently, consistent prayer, consistent study of the word. I am still standing. I am still standing. Several days of evil have come, and I'm still standing. I am still standing because I am armed to the teeth. The full armor. 
Listen, I'm telling you this. The Christian life is you, not somebody. Nobody can lead the Christian life for you. No pastor, don't let any pastor deceive you. That I can lead the Christian life for you. I can fast for you. And I can do this for you. Bring me seed. Let me fast for you. Brother, if you don't know how to fast yourself. <laughs> bring me seed. Let me fast for you. You see? So those of us who teach you these things, you bring us the seed. Oh. You will go to those who want to manipulate you. Bring me seed. Let me fast for you. Come and sow seed. <laughs> Let me do something for you. Some of you will go and buy creams. Go and buy creams. You come to church here, but you have a prophet somewhere. And they say, this cream is such witches. What I'm going to teach you is what which such witches, not cream. Are you here? And when those pastors are talking, listen to them, look at them. They have to raise funds every day they preach. Because if they don't do it, they can't survive. I can preach for one year, two years, without raising a single fund. And yet this church is going on. This church is going on. I'm an evidence of what I preach. It's called the law of legitimacy. You cannot preach on what you have not successfully practiced. But the fact that I don't raise funds does not mean that when you see a need in the church, you shouldn't meet it. You must. Because that is what will bless you. But as I keep sowing into the kingdom of God, I get blessed. I want to show you something. Now, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. To stand. Now, what is this everything that you must do? One. <laughs> stand fair. Then. With the belt of truth buckled around your, your, your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. It is the last thing you take. And I want to show you. Go to the next slide. I hope you won't fall into where we can't see well. Um, okay, okay. I think it hasn't blocked anything. We can see now, 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 now. This is a typical Roman soldier. But I am very curious that when Paul was was outlining the the clothes for the Roman soldiers, he mentioned the belt first. Brother, you don't put on the belt first, do you? When you dress up, it's the last one you wear. Is the last one you wear. For the Roman soldier, is the last but one. When he does, he finishes everything. He has to put on um, garment to hold the whole garment, the whole armor, and the whole. Um, and then, and then he will take his sword last and face it. <laughs> but here, look, look. Paul said, Paul said, the first thing is the belt of truth. Now, please, note that you cannot use the sword of the Spirit in isolation. It must be used with all these things. It must be used with all these things. You cannot use the sword of the Spirit and then leave out all these things. And I want to show you. First, 
First is the birth of truth. What is the birth of truth? It's the personal revelation that you have about your relationship with God. Listen, what is truth to me about God will be different to you. Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say I am? And who do you also say I am? And all of them had opinions. But Peter said something. He said, you are, you, are, you are the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. If you are not fighting with flesh, with flesh and blood, you cannot fight when flesh and blood reveals God to you. The spirit must reveal God to you. The spirit of God must reveal God to you. The spirit of God must reveal God to you. You must desire to have a personal revelation of who God is. It can be a scripture that will guide your life, your whole life. It can be a scripture. And your understanding of that scripture, that verse, that verse, your deep understanding of it is even different from what your pastor has taught you. And it becomes your foundation. My personal scripture that has kept me faithful is he who has called you and he will do it. And for me, God is faithful. He will do it. It has guided me and guided me. When I'm entering into a big thing, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid. For faithful is he who has called me and he will do it. What is that single scripture that has given you a special revelation of God that you stand on? If you don't have it, you cannot use the sword of the spirit. So that it can be more than that. It can be set of scriptures. As you study your Bible, there will be some scriptures. It hits you and gives you a new revelation. The entrance of his word, given life, and given understanding to the simple. So when you are reading the Bible, it's not everything you read that will enter you. There will just be a verse, just a statement that will just hit you and enter you and give you. And that is your truth. That is your truth. You did it. I am, listen, where we got born again, all of us were raised like pastors. You see, today, eh, today, eh, we want pastors to have revelation to tell us. We used to have revelation to tell our pastors. Because the difference, both of you and your pastor are all Christians. The difference between you and your pastor is that he has a certain oil to lead you to heaven. Apart from that, whatever a pastor can do, you can do. If the pastor can heal the sick, you can heal the sick. If the pastor can hear from God, you can hear from God. Are you here with me? You must have this at the back of your mind. That you want to be a solid Christian. A solid Christian. It's not only pastors who go to Bible school. Any believer that wants to have a, a strong relationship with God might be interested in going to Bible school. It's not only pastors who rise up to pray. Or who do evangelism. I'll show you right now. You want to use the sort of spirit? You want to win? You want to win? The first thing, the first thing you need to do, you must put on the belt of truth. It holds you. Nothing will move you. The belt of truth holds everything. And nothing will move you. Because there is something God has told you from his word. And you will keep it. Am I preaching? Please, your level of spirituality is so low to win. You, you are nowhere near, you are not even on the reserve bench. You know in football, they have about, usually most teams have about 22 or 25 players. Only 11 can play. 
I think six or eight are on the reserve bench. The rest, their names don't even appear. You are too babyish in Christ. You can get up a day without reading the Bible, without praying, and you are free and you are fine and you are walking around. There is no guilt. There is no guilt. There is no guilt that you did not read the Bible. There is no guilt that you... Ah, my brother, I'm telling you something today. You are too low. You are too low. You are a baby. You have been around for long, but you are still a baby. Now you know what you are doing. You are trying to get your pastor, your bishop, to lead your life for you. Now, now, two, the breastplate of righteousness. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Brother, you have to understand that you cannot be living in sin for the sword of the spirit to work for you. It will work against you. Uh, haven't you seen people with their own sword that has cut them before? Now, sword tried it. Saul tried to disobey God and tried to, to even chase somewhere and pursued the Lord's anointed. Do you know how he died? He died on his own sword. The word of God is double-edged. It can cut your enemy and it can cut you too. And it can cut you too. You are, you are, you see, you see, you are a dead man walking. You are not alive. The word of God is not alive and active in you. You are walking, but you are dead. I see some of you coming to church eh, and walking to church. And the way you walk, without Bible, without anything, and your phone too is uh, young. So what are you going to study? And then you are coming. You walk in here. You get down. Praise is going on. You don't even... You see, the word of God is so active and alive in you. Breastplate of righteousness. You must walk in righteousness. You must walk in righteousness. And it starts with the heart. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That I might not sin against you. That I might not sin against you. After this ceremony, after this service, when you get out of the gate, Satan will try to steal this word from your heart. Because he knows that if this word is kept in your heart, it will be alive and it will be active. He knows if this word is kept in your heart, it will be alive and it will be active. And if you are alive and active, you have the sword of the spirit. When I hear singers say, you know, um, praise and worship is a weapon, and the church is not taking us serious. When we take good praise and worship, it's a weapon. It is not praise and worship that is based on, your, on philosophy. If it is based on God's word, if the person who composed the song composes from a revelation of God's word, and the person is walking in holiness and impurity, it becomes a weapon. There are some of the gospel songs. Go and sing it in hell. Satan will beat you rough, rough, and throw you out. You approach witches and wizards and try to sing those songs. They'll be singing with you. He has no anointing, no power, no presence. Nothing inside. Oh, my heart bleeds. My heart bleeds. My heart is burdened that many Christians are lukewarm Christians. We do not understand these things. We do not have understanding of these things. We are not on fire for him. And we are okay. Do you know? I was glad when they said unto me, 
I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. The way you struggled to come to church this morning, you were not glad. I'm telling you, you are not glad. But you see, if you have the breastplate of righteousness, and your heart is covered by his word, and your heart is pure towards him, ah, ah, gladness. Now look, number three, number three, why you need to be able to make the word of God effective, the gospel of peace. Hey, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. For those of you who think that evangelism is not a warfare, evangelism is a whole spiritual warfare. You are breaking down the kingdom of the devil. When you evangelize, when you evangelize, you are activating the sword of the spirit to work for you. Preach the gospel wherever you are. Preach the gospel wherever you are. Tell your friends how much Jesus loves them. Share your bishop's sermons. Share it with your friends. Invite them to church. Make sure you are carrying somebody to church. Hmm. Now, four, faith. 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 The shield of faith. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. It is not what we see that, inti- that determines what we do. We are not intimidated by what we see. It is faith that we walk. It is by faith that we walk. We are not moved by what we hear or what we see. It is the faith in God's word. Believing that God is able to fulfill every promise he has given you. Why will you pray to a God you are doubting that he even exists? Why will you talk to a God? Why will you be asking God for something and you are doubting? It doesn't work that way. This life, eh? It's this Christian life. Brother, it's a 360 degree Christian life. God doesn't want a part of you. He wants the whole of you. You are, you are, you, you are supposed a burnt offering, a burnt offering unto him, a burnt offering unto him. There are different types of offerings. So in the Bible days, the different type of offerings, some people would take offering to the priest, and the priest would take a portion, and the people, the priest would cook it and take a portion. And the people who brought it also take a portion. And then they put a portion on the altar for the Lord. Apostle Kocha, come in. Welcome. They, they put a portion. They put a, a portion on the altar. On the altar for the Lord, eh? You put a portion. But you see, there, there was another type of offering. It was called the burnt offering. That offering, eh? When you come, you put everything on the altar. And everything is burnt before the Lord. God is calling you as a burnt offering. You are supposed to be a living sacrifice. A burnt offering. He wants everything of yours. Your Christian life is not a personal. Your children must be Christian. Your house help must be Christian. Your gateman must be Christian. Everything, your work must be Christian. Your work attitude in your office must be Christian. Even the way you eat must be Christian. The way you dress must be Christian. Because you are a burnt offering. You are giving all, 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 all to him. God, you can touch my money, but not my life. I will sponsor your work, but I will still drink alcohol. I will sponsor your work. If the man of God needs help, I will give it to him. But Lord, the way I am, I will still remain the same. I will still do what I want to do, but I will. You can't bribe God. You, you can't bribe God. Listen, you must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So I want to show you how faith manifests. 
faith, eh? the evidence of your faith is the belief that God is and is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So you know something? All of you go around and say, oh, I have faith. I'm not afraid of coronavirus. That is not the faith God is looking for. It is the faith that will make you a diligent seeker. True faith makes you a diligent seeker. You believe that he is and he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So you know that God is and if you seek him diligently, he will reward you. So you don't give up seeking him. You don't give up serving him. You don't give up doing what he has asked you to do. Even if you take your lifetime, even if the reward will come a day before you die, you will continue to do it. Me, I have faith though. I have faith. Corona cannot kill me. Corona cannot kill me. But you don't have the faith to stop fornicating. You don't have the faith to stop drinking alcohol. You don't have the faith to stop depending on somebody's husband as a side chick. You're not a side chick, you're a sidekick. One day you see, the woman will catch you, she will kick you from the window down. <laughs> are you here with me? You are not a side chick, you're a sidekick. You don't, have, you don't have that kind of faith to seek him. You are telling me I have faith to do this. I have faith. When mommy and I resigned from our jobs to come to Sprinter's Road to live on computer, that was faith. That was faith working. You can't even pay your tithe. Say, I have faith. Coronavirus cannot kill me. Nonsense. You can't even pay your tithe. You can't even pay your tithe. Because you can't look at 100 Ghana cities and take 10 cities. Because you will do the calculations that if you take 10 cities, you can't survive. You can't survive. Is that faith? Is that faith? Faith. Let me define faith again. Faith is believing that God is and is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And therefore, you are going to seek him diligently from the bottom of your heart. Your every life, your soul, your spirit, your body belongs to him. And you are seeking him, seeking him from the bottom of your heart. As for me, I can't come to evening service because by the time I get home, I am tired. Who told you that we serve God because we are not tired? Even God understands that I am tired. Now, you are thinking for God. You are thinking how God understands. But the day you heard that bad news, you came to service. You were tired, but you came. Hmm. Oh, okay. Number five. Salvation. The helmet of salvation. Let me tell you something, my brothers. You see, if Satan captures your mind, you can never win in any spiritual warfare. I don't know, as I'm sitting here, how you think, why you think, where you think, the things that occupies your mind. Women bottles, women breasts, pornography. What is in your mind? See here. I don't know. I don't know what is in your mind. But as you meditate on the reality of God's word. And the word of God hits your mind. You think better. It is after 
all these things are in place. After all these things are in place, before you take the sword of the Spirit. But if all these things are not in place, the sword of the Spirit is not effective. You can't use it. It's unusable. During those days, nobody will allow a Roman soldier to go to battle without the full armor. Do you know why the Bible says when the day of evil comes, you can stand? Because the Roman soldier wakes up in the morning dressed, armed. He's going to bed. They can sleep in their destiny like that. Armed. Any nation at war, soldiers are armed 24-7. 24-7. And you are at war. You are a nation unto yourself. You are at war. Are you armed 24-7? When the day of evil comes, can you stand? When Satan knocks at your door and you open, can you fight him? During Rollins' time, there were people called commandos. They were not the regular soldiers who were living in the barracks. They were scattered around the private communities. And one commando told us that each commando has, an, has, an, has a weaponry armed to the teeth. That if anything happens in this country, wherever the commando is, the commando can fight and fight and fight and fight and fight till he gets to the headquarters of the army to refuel himself. Who are you? Can you fight on your own? Oh, you're running after prophets. You're running after pastors. Oh, I have a prophet here. There's a prophet meeting coming here. I'm going here. I'm going there. Who are you? Rise on your feet right now. Who are you? You are going to pray a prayer. Because today is the foundation of the, all the prayers we are going to do. Your prayer today is the Lord, arm me. Lord, I want to be armed. Pray for the helmet of salvation. Pray that Lord, help me to put on the helmet of salvation. Help me to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Help me to put on the belt of truth. Help me to put on the shield of faith. Help me to put on the gospel of peace. Help me to put on the belt of truth. Help me, Lord, uh, to know how to handle the sword of the spirit. How to handle Lift up your two hands and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Jesus. Help us, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us, Jesus, to put on the breastplate of salvation, but look at the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, to also be to skillfully handle the sword of the spirit, to skillfully handle the sword of the spirit. We stand on our feet to preach, to preach, to preach the gospel of peace. Put on the belt of truth. Lift up your voice and pray. The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the apostles and the shield of faith, the spirit, the spirit, the apostles and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
Let me tell you something. To be able to come to this level, you need something called a revival. A fire must start in you right now. A fire must start in you right now. To be able to come to the level where I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. You want a fire to start. The fire of the Holy Ghost should revive you, should kick you start, to, to jump start you. And we are going to pray. And pray this prayer like never before. Tell the person standing beside you, give me space. Give me space. The Christian that believe the devil is afraid of is the one on fire. You are praying for the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Lord, Lord, this thing the man of God has spoken. I cannot do it by my mind. I cannot do it by my, this thing. I want the strength of the Holy Ghost. Let the fire of God start in me. Lift up your voice and pray. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Second Lord, revive us again, Lord. Revive us again, Lord. Revive us again, Lord. Let the fire of your word burn in our hearts one more time. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again, Lord. Revive us again, Lord. Let the fire burn any chaff in our lives. Let the fire of the word burn any chaff in our lives. Revive us again. We be on fire for you one more time. We be on fire for you one more time. We be on fire for you one more time. Revive us again, Lord. Revive us again, Lord. Revive us again, Lord. In our prayer life, revive us again. In our study of the world, revive us again. We are delivering your kapaha. We are delivering your kapaha. We are delivering your kapaha. Our paria pandola kasaha. We are talagadia seataha. In our evangelism, revive us again. Now, hear me. When Balak paid Balaam to go and curse the people of God, Jesus, on his way, there was an angel with a sword to block him. This week, anybody on the way to cause you trouble, may the angel with the sword appear. Jesus. May the angel with the sword appear. Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Satania, for the other day, and the Kedia Sataya, Labrata, 
Jacob's uncle uh, was on his way uh, to curse him, uh, but the God uh, of his father's appeared, uh, and he said unto him, uh, Do not say anything to no man, uh, arise on our behalf, cause uh, your angels right now uh, to intervene, uh, to draw their thoughts right now uh, on our behalf, Lord. When David counted the fighting men, the anger of God was rekindled, and people started dying in thousands. And then David said to go and give the Lord an offering. In the process of doing it, the Lord, op- the Lord opened his eyes and saw an angel with a sword straight towards Jerusalem. That was the angel that was killing the people. Right now, I want that angel to stress for the sword over your father's house. Let evil men, let, let the sword of that angel drink the blood of the evil men and women in your father's house. And in your mother's house, lift up your voice and pray. Using to pursue David, mm. you are the Lord's anointed in your Jesus. Family. You are the Lord's anointed in your yes. family. Any evil sword yes. that is pursuing you, mm. may they fall on their own sword. Amen. Lift up your voice in prayer. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Cause them to fall on their own swords. Cause them to fall on their own swords. Any pit the enemy has done for us. Cause them to fall into their own pit. Cause their shame to come upon themselves. Any evil sword that has been thrown that is forever in my father's house, in my mother's house. Cause that same person to fall on their own swords. Right now, right now, right now. Right now, as we pray, lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your hands. I declare in the realms of the spirit, let the sword of the Lord pursue your enemies. Amen. Let every man with an evil word on the tongue against you, let the angel with the sword 
block their ways. Amen. And prevent them from reaching you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But I pray for you that as a result of this word, may a revival start to Yes. Amen. May you desire the Lord more. Amen. May you desire the Lord more. Amen. May you become an expert swordsman. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. From today. Yes. May you never lose your sword. Amen. May God continue to show you Amen. how to handle the sword. Yes. Amen. Put your hands on your chest and pray that Satan will not steal the word from your heart. Pray right now. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. May our hearts be the good soil. Oh Kamiantoliasa. We terminated a bottle, a hundredfold. Aliandeliasa. Thy word that we hid our hearts. That we may not sin against you. Cause your word to dwell in our hearts richly. Any enemy that is attempting to steal your word. My God, we come against it in the name of Jesus. You are secured in the blood. Amen. And you are covered in the blood. Yes. From this day forward. Yes. May your relationship with the Lord yes. be strengthened. Jesus. May this word that has been preached today yes. be the beginning of a revival in your life. Jesus. You are waking up from your sleep. Amen. You are waking up from your sleep. Amen. You are wearing the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. The, you are putting on the helmet of salvation. Amen. You are putting on the belt of truth. Amen. You are wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace. Amen. You have the shield of faith. Yes. And you have the sword of the spirit. Things are going to happen for you. You are going to win. Yes. You are going to take territories. You are going to walk over your enemies. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That sickness will not be in your body Amen. again. The word of God is active. Yes. And alive in yes. you. The word of God is active. Yes. And alive in you. The word of God is active. Yes. And alive in you. Amen. From this day forward. From today. From this day forward. A new beginning. 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 Shout the loudest amen. Amen. Shout, shout Jesus seven times. Jesus. 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 Take your seat in the beauty of holiness.